Hey, it's the last week of April, and I know you guys are feeling pretty blasé about those those spring showers. We're the weather boys with our weekly weather report. <laughs> yep. I don't know why I talk about the weather every intro. I, I need to find some new material, I guess. But um, I know you're really, I mean, honestly, you're thinking, oh, at least I've got the board game mechanics to give me a good hour of entertainment. <laughs> oh, boy. Where's that Where's that Picorni soundboard at? Oh, man. Oh, no. Sadness. <laughs> that was a long glass break there. That was. It's like stone cold action. Yeah, we're only going to do a quick episode here for you guys. Uh, we just have been busy with life, and I don't know. Rather than putting a junk episode out, we'll just put a short junk episode out. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, they're always junk, but yeah, this will be short junk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I don't know, man. I I think something. I mean, if you have ideas for shows, post them on our our the riveted. Because if people post on our actual main page, like. I know it's like four clicks to find it, and I never do find it because I just I never do. Um, <laughs> but if you post on the riveted, it pops up on the feed, and we see it. And tag us, tag whoever, and just give us some ideas of what you want to see on this show. Um, but one thing that was discussed this week um, was how do you weed your collection down? How do you not fall for the hotness? And so I don't know. That's a that's an interesting question. Um, I don't know that there's a good answer for that. And I know that my first couple of years collecting, I bought like every game that came out that anybody ever talked about or mentioned on any forum. I was just like, oh yeah, I got to have this one in my life too. Um, I've slowed down quite a bit and to the point where I've put my like infamous 10 games rule in. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's my, my collection's out of hand right now too. So <laughs> it's an interesting thought. What do you do, Jason? Um, I don't really get rid of games, honestly. I just trade games that I don't play for games that I do play. So the collection is about 320 right now, and it's probably going to stay around that because once I get a game that I want on my radar, then I'll just try to get rid of an, an older one. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i with you too. I, I have shelf – like I'm at my max for my shelves right now, just absolute max. I've got a few things in my garage sitting there, and so I what I'll do is I'll have – I designated my garage, garage games, and I'll find like – I'll either try and sell them for five bucks a piece, 10 bucks a piece, or um, I will try and find a trade where I can trade three games for one, you know? So that's something you can try too. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I would say like what I wish I knew when I was first, when I was first starting to do board game collecting or getting board games, I wish I knew that every board game reviewer out there gets free copies of games and has a behind the scenes relationship with publishers, like ourselves included. Like if you look at our reviews, like, take them all with a grain of salt. And I think we try to say who they're good for, not that they're awesome sometimes. Um, but I mean, like we get review copies of stuff and that colors your vision of the game a little bit, you know? So I don't know. Um, I just, I guess I wish I knew that when I was first starting and I only had, you know, 50 games or something. So um, the other thing is you only play one game at a time. So I don't know. I think that's, it's all valid that you just, I don't know. You got to keep, keep an eye on your collection. That said, I made a trade today that I really am digging. So um, that's another way to do it too. If you're not on Board Game Geek, you can get on the bazaar there and trade games, and that's that's a way Jason and I keep our collections kind of fresh. I traded for one that I think you're going to be a little jealous of. I traded the River, which is a game that it's it's perfectly fine, and it actually I like it quite a bit. But it's I've got other things that when I first got it, I was like, this is my new go-to gateway game because it's worker placement gateway. But then since then, I've had a couple other games come into the collection that I'm like, ah, this might be even more of a better gateway game. So. Um, it's, I'm not sure what the real estate that it holds is. And somebody wanted a copy. It's, it's a perfectly okay game. Days of Wonder 
component quality. Uh, but I traded it for Railroad Rivals, so I feel pretty good. Oh, not Railroad Rivals. Uh, Railroad yeah, Revolution. Railroad, Railroad Revolution. There it is. That's the one I need oh, to be yeah. jealous of. What's your game? Heck yeah, man. Yeah. So um, Railroad Revolution is another one, too, that uh, – yeah. So Railroad Rivals, different game very much. So um, pretty pretty opposite, really. Um, but anyway, uh, that's how you keep the collection slim, I guess. I don't know. Yep, agreed. Trading is all I've been doing. I haven't been buying anything. Just trading and using the games that are sent to me for reviews. Yeah, I. Uh, the other piece too is I think this is like where every week we should have our uh, our, our our hot tip for the for the people new to the the industry. Because I mean, like, it's just weird for me to think about that. I've been I've been buying games, and I feel like I'm not old to it. Like I'm comparatively i'm really old to the hobby to some people but i know there were tons of people in it before me and i've been buying games and having them around for like a little over 10 years now i think so i guess in those 10 years i have learned a few things um so anyway i don't know i guess as i think of things that are little pro tips or hacks i might try and put one of those up top here because i don't know i think it's there's just stuff that i wish that i knew when i was first getting into it and there's people i'm sure that are kind of first getting into this that are listening right now so yeah, I guess I guess the trading thing on Board Game Geek. If you don't know about that, go check it out. That's definitely worth doing. Totally agree. All right, so I have a few pieces of news I wanted to talk about. Um, the first one is the one I'm the most excited about. So the reason for the short episode this week is because I was on a business trip in another state, and I wake up in the morning and I have a message on my phone, a Facebook message from Ignacy Trezicek. And the message says, all it says is, let me read it to you verbatim, because it's really exciting, as long as I still have it. It says, uh, hello, it is coming. And then a winky mark. Ooh. What, he's, what the it is, is I believe, because I've, I've been bothering him about it, is Preda Porter should be coming to Kickstarter soon. He didn't say it, and I've been asking him like <laughs> in multiple other messages, and I haven't gotten anything. So I'm hoping that that means Preda Porter is on its way to Kickstarter. I'm, I don't know if that's a scoop. I, I could be way off base. It could be something else that I don't really care about. But I'm hoping it's Preda Porter. That would be amazing. That is awesome. And if hey, listen, uh, today is is April 25th. Jason had it for you guys. So tell all your tell all your friends in their ivory dice towers that we had the news. <laughs> Yeah, the one time. <laughs> yeah. Tom Vassell's known right. for two months already. He knew before Ignacy. He was like, ah, yeah, I knew. Yeah, J- probably. Jason will be irate if it's not a video game remake, too. If they keep the original uh, fashion, he will be very mad. Uh, yeah, you're right. So mad. So irritated. No, I hope. I think it is actually the original because he's already yeah. posted a box cover. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, there was a, a tweet where he had like, uh, like it was like on like thin cardstock, but he was doing a mock up of the board last year too. So and it was still fashion. So that's cool. Yeah, I man, I'm not sure if I'm in on this one or not. Like it looks fine, but you can play mine. I'll be in on it. All right, sounds good. All right, so the next piece of news I have is for an expansion for Anachrony, and I haven't played Anachrony. I know you have it, but I was trying to see what all this expansion includes, and it looks like it's going to have an additional board that you can go to and gather resources and put your mechs on them. It's going to have like some flux and blinking, which I think means where you can like move your guy, like phase him in and out somehow. I don't know how that works, but that's what the picture looks like. And it's going to have like some fracturing, 
where you're going to roll some different dice and do some different things. Yeah, it has a whole bunch of, of additional stuff to make this game even meatier and heavier. So if you're interested in that, it's on Kickstarter right now. I think it has 11 days left, so 10 days by the time this episode drops. And it's $45 just for the expansion. But you can get the expansion plus the base game plus an infinity box that holds everything. But it gets pricier as it goes. So if you just want the expansion, 45 bucks, and it's estimated for March 2020. This game's in my top uh, probably 30 um, games. I really like it. Um, and that's after only playing it twice. Um, and I don't think I'm going to back this. I don't think it needs it. I don't know. Maybe it makes the game a lot better, but the base game is awesome. So It seems awesome. It seems like it has a lot going on. So yeah, I need to play this. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's worker placement. It's got like phases of worker placement. And like I'll just say it. like It's inspired me to overhaul the components on how I'm going to do my, my board game that I've designed. Um, like the way how they do like the staging phase, like I really like that. And I was really struggling to figure out how I'm going to do that with like my prototype that I'm working on still. Um, and it actually, this game motivated me to get working again. So if you want to play test a game, uh, DM me or something, I don't know. Cool. Yeah. You might get some DMs. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I, I will travel as far as five miles from my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and uh, the final piece of news I wanted to talk about is the newest uh, VTAL game that's on Kickstarter, and that is On Mars. This is I'm not going to talk a ton about this because it's had so much hype. It's been talked about by everybody. Uh, it has seven days left. Uh, I think the, the gaming rules uh, video is like 55 minutes long or something, and I've heard some people say that this is like his heaviest game to date, so I'm... Kind, you know, I'm pretty excited about that, but I'm also kind of intimidated because I remember learning like Lisboa and, you know, I'm still working my way through CO2. So it's kind of intimidating. But if you're in on that, go check it out. You have six days left and it's typical Eagle Griffin prices. So it's like a thousand dollars, but 89 bucks yeah. shipped, which isn't too bad, I guess. Yeah, that's for real, a Kickstarter really not too bad. I mean, it's actually cheaper than yeah. it's going to be retail probably. And like, I don't know, I had this one backed and then I was like, ah, I'll drop down to a buck because like, I had some wife aggro going on with my board game collection that day. So I thought it was wise to maybe <laughs> maybe make some room for that one before I back it. But I think I'll yeah. end up with this one. Um, I was in his Discord where he was doing playtesting on it. And I, it never worked out with him being in Lisboa that I could really play with him. But I looked at all the discussions about it and paid attention to his development for the last year and a half or so. And uh, about a year, I guess. And... um it's bizarre how this all came together. Like bizarre because he had box art. He had all the graphic design done of it. And then I'm going to say like, seriously, eight weeks ago, he was like, Hey, big fundamental changes to the rules of the game. Someone broke the game. So here's how we have to do it instead. And he made some huge changes to the rules like eight weeks ago and just announced them in discord. And so, um, his discord isn't like super selective. You can find it and go in there and play his games. And while they're in development, play with him. Um, you just need to be polite and he's a great teacher. He does a good job with all that. So, um, anyway, yeah, my crush on Vidal is is no less than it ever has been, but, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't quite back this one yet, but I think I'll end up getting it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I'll probably try to get it sometime, but man, these games are just, they're so big and they take up so much shelf space and yeah, just $89 for a game for me. Is that just my own deal? That's, that's a lot. So I'll, yeah, it's, it's tough for me to get Vitals games for sure i mean 90 bucks if you think about it in the scope of like a video game is 60 bucks um and it's a piece of plastic is kind right. of a deal but then you think yeah. about a video game like i'll play like red dead red dead revolver redemption 2 whatever it's called i get them confused i'll play that game for probably like 
500 hours plus, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hit and miss for me a little bit. I don't know what to think exactly, but yeah, it's, it's tough for sure. I'm with you, Jason. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't have to like it. I don't have to buy them, I guess. Um, but that's all the news I have. I thought the most interesting piece was the message from Ignacy, which I'm super pumped about. So oh, for sure. it can't, it can't get here soon enough. I, I think you guys are getting a particularly candid, like unprofessional episode because we are both beat, man. It's a uh, standardized testing season for us teachers here in the Midwest. And it's Jason had to go to Hawaii to learn how to do double entry accounting. I don't know. Some business trip. So uh, it, it was Texas. <laughs> uh, triple entry accounting. I get it. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to have a feature this episode, so we're just going to wrap it up with a few games that we played. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with that. And the first game I played over the weekend and last week is a game called Burano. It's from Emperor S4. I think there's another publisher as well, and I can't remember. And this is a really interesting game. I made a trade for something. I don't even remember what I traded for it, but I traded one game for Burano and Kraftwagen, and I haven't got to play Kraftwagen yet. But So the way Burano works is it's an action selection programming game, kind of. You have these, I think there's five different color cubes, six different color cubes, and you're building this little pyramid on your player board. And based on what's what's available for you to take are the actions that are available to you. So you may put a, a white on top of your pyramid. That's going to let you do whatever the white cube corresponds to that year. Unlock more actions available for you that round. You're going to use these cubes and build them out in this uh, in the town of Burano. That's going to let you put fishermen on the board to get some fish cards, which is like a set collection thing. It's going to let you put your ladies in the lace factory to help you get like this area majority deal. Um, it's going to help you score or get income based on how many people you have working in the, f- the factories and the, the islands. It's a, it's a really great game. It's, it's everything I like in a game. It's got some thinkiness. It's very Euro-y. It has set collection, a bunch of different mechanisms thrown together in a cohesive, a cohesive way, and I really like that. So if you're into crunchy Euros with a little bit of thinky programming, I recommend this one. So that's Burano. Cool. I This one's like this always happens. These games go on clearance and sell out on cool stuff or miniature market for like eight bucks a piece. And then you find out they're awesome. Same thing with crap wagon. I mean like that was another clearance game that is awesome. And I don't know. I, I never even thought twice about it. Cause the cover, of this has got like, it looks kind of like a Hansom Glick game or something on the front of it. Like I just, yeah, it's like a dude in a, a gondola or something. I think. Yeah. I never, I never like thought twice about it thinking, you know, I don't know. I just thought it would look kind of like silly or something. And then, then I saw shots of you having it on the table. And I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot to this game. That looks pretty cool, actually. So Yeah, it's it's really good. I like it. Cool. Jason's Jason's sleeper pick, Burano. Pick that up in the 13th round of your draft pick. Your fantasy <laughs> draft. Yep. <laughs> which, speaking of which, the reason why this show is kind of suffering this week is because we are back in the amateurs. We didn't get drafted. It's a little <laughs> embarrassing to declare for the draft and then not get drafted. But, I mean... It happens. Really, the main reason is because the Blue Jackets are on. <laughs> yeah, we're down, and it's not feeling good. Uh, uh, that's things. And as we're talking, they're on the power play, like the Bruins are. So, um, you know what? If you're from Boston and you're listening to this show, we don't need you. Go eat some baked beans. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. We love you uh, until we lose. Yeah, Jason loves you. Um <laughs> 
whatever. Uh, uh, it's okay. Yeah. We're going to come back in the third and win. So, I mean, like, whatever. It's fine. Um, so, my game I'm going to talk about is... Um, first, I want to introduce a new segment, Jason, called Joel Asks a Question and You Answer It. Okay. Forums, because I'm too lazy to look it up myself. Sounds good. I've been reading the Dresden Files. I've read 500 pages of the Dresden Files in the last week. Okay. Because I'm just hooked on it. Is the Dresden Files card game any good? Um, somebody reply to that, okay? Um, anyway, I did not play the Dresden Files because I, I haven't heard good things about it. I haven't heard anything about it. So, um, if it's awesome, let me know, guys. But um, I did play, not this last week, but recently I played Dead of Winter because one of the guys in my group is obsessed about this game. Like, it just absolutely loves this game. And <sighs> it's fine. It's fine. It's an okay game. If you're going to play a semi-co-op kind of trader type game, um, it's it's pretty cool, honestly. Um, but I I just got tired of playing it. Like I, if you look on the playtesters, I'm in there. I played it a lot in development, and it's fun. But like, it's like any other co-op game, where it's like you miss a bunch of rules in there. Like I'm just positive you miss rules in there when you're doing the upkeep and stuff. You just get so eager to go, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot we're supposed to put 75 zombies on that trash can or whatever. So you just kind of get things mixed up at times, I think. And then um, I don't know, like that whole like. Is there a traitor? Isn't there? And there's a kind of a slim chance there is, but there might be. So we're going to, you know, like treat everyone with a lot of like distrust. And I don't know. It's just that whole thing. Like it's out of balance, I think. And, and then, uh, I don't know the, the zombie theme. Like this one does probably zombies as good as you're going to find. But at the same time, like zombies, there's plenty of zombie games out there. Um, so I like it fine. It's a six probably. Um, I'll play it occasionally if someone else wants to play it. I do own a copy, um, and it was really cool to be a playtester and go through that experience with this game. Um, it's fine, um, but I uh, i don't know. I've, I've gotten a little tired of it, to be honest, so I would say that. Yeah, I haven't played this. One, I'm not big into zombies. Two, I don't particularly like that hidden traitor thing in games, so I don't know if this is a game I'll actually ever play, but yeah, I, I mean, it does look cool set up, but yeah, I don't I don't think I'll ever play this one. Yeah, I mean, like, the other thing, too, is uh, I would say this to its credit, but Battlestar Galactica is, like, super out of print. It's, like, three, like, levels of more complicated stuff happening in it than in this game. And this game kind of feels the same with that traitor, Cylon, traitor-type thing going on with it. So I said Homeland was a good alternative to Battlestar Galactica, and I still stand by that. I think it's the best one. But I think that this one is a alternative to Battlestar Galactica if you're into that, like, zombie horror theme. So... Um, I don't know. It's fine. It's a perfectly okay game. And if you own it and love it and play it, man, respect to you. Cause like, I don't, I, I liked it at one time too. It's just not aged well for me. So that a winner. Cool. Uh, another game I played is one of mine and Katie's favorite two player games that we play. It's not even a two player game, but that's how we play it most often. And that game is called Elysium. Uh, this is from space Cowboys and, Essentially, what this game boils down to is nothing but set collection. So you're using these little... You have four different colored pillars, and you're using these pillars kind of as a currency. And each of these cards you're trying to get, you're going to put above this little player board you have, and you're trying to move them down into your Elysium to score these set collection points. You can collect all sets of five different or three different numbers of the same color, or you can set do all the same number in all five of the different colors. And each set's going to give you different points based on how many of them you have. So each card's going to have a certain color or pillar you have to have in front of you to be able to draft that card. But then when you take a card, you have to get rid of one of the pillars in front of you. So every time you take a card, you're, you're 
decreasing how many options you're going to have available for you in another card. And so every round you're going to take three cards and you have to take one like in-game turn order card. And sometimes you may not have the pillars available to take the turn order card that you want and it ends up breaking and giving you less stuff because those turn order things are the way you're going to move your cards from your domain into your Elysium to score the points. So it's a really quick game. I think you can play a two-player game in about 30 minutes. It's really fun. It's it's I like set collection a lot, so this is part of the reason why I really like this game. And it's based on like Greek gods, so every deck is one of the one of the Greek gods. And yeah, it's there you play with five different decks based on well, per game, and then you go through maybe half of the deck. So there's so many replayability, so much replayability even without, you know, an expansion. So that's Elysium. I enjoy it, and it's usually pretty cheap on sales too if you want a copy. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, go check it out. This is uh, this is one of those games that I'm gonna have to like probably eat my words someday. But it looks super boring and just dry, and like that's why I've never played it. Like I've seen it set up at game days and stuff, and I'm just like, ugh, Greek gods, cool, whatever, man. And never played it, and I'm sure that it's good. Like I'm sure it's like one of those games like Shakespeare where it doesn't look like it's much, but then like the mechanics just work so well that it's just good, you know? So right, yeah, I'll have to play this one at some point. It is good. I mean, it does look kind of dry. It's kind of a dry game, really, but I really have fun time with it. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's nice. My memory sucks, like especially as I get older and cram more stuff in there that is supposed to be important to me, but I I don't want to have to keep it there. Like the real like pedagogical information and like teaching stuff is pushing out all the good board game stuff. But um I think man, I could be wrong on this, but I think this was like a spiel nominee one year too, maybe. I don't know. Um but yeah. Uh cool. Um I I, I know I'm part of the cult of the new. I'm into the hotness. I and I'm gonna apologize that I did play Settlers of Catan. So nice. got this brand new tile game out with all these awesome uh point salad um variable player power um bargaining I no, it's not really any of those, honestly. Um it's not a bad game. It's it's a six as well. Um, this is like my mediocre games week. Like, hey, I'll talk about the games that are mediocre. So here's my thoughts on Settlers of Catan. Played it again recently. I bought a copy on Good Friday. Or <laughs> No, I didn't. I bought it on Black Friday, which is really different than Good Friday. Um, and I got it like super cheap for like 18 bucks or something. And I was like, you know what? I've missed that game enough that like I'm going to put it in my collection. Sat there and shrink forever. And I was finally like, all right, let's get this game out and play it with some people who are brand new to board gaming and see what their reaction is to it. See if it still holds up after they played some other games that I think are better. And they were like kind of into it, but they were, it felt old to them too. So, um, I don't know. I think this game is pretty cool. It's got a lot of really cool things about it. I definitely respect the heck out of it. That's why it maintains its status as a six and it stays in my collection because everybody started on this game. It feels like, um, and people who say this game is terrible and don't like it are people who played it a hundred times. And that's why, and I'm kind of in that camp. I don't think I played it a hundred times, but I played it a lot and I played on my iPad still occasionally. Um, so, I mean, it's a good game, but like, it's really funny that people who love this game and view it as like a masterpiece too, it's got so many weird things going on with it. Like people say they hate it, but because they played it a hundred times and then people like who like are really into being kind of game snobs and like look at refined games as a thing of beauty and art. Like look at Catan as a touchstone of like, gorgeous masterpiece design and then like in the next breath they'll talk about this game's trash because it's all random and it's nothing but negotiation and bargaining which is exactly what settlers of Catan is you know i mean like it's roulette with like trading in it so i don't know it's it's a pretty cool game overall um a six out of ten 
from me. Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's perfectly fine. If you haven't played Settlers of Catan, which is perfectly possible, I'd say you need to play it just as like the same reason you go to the Lincoln Monument. You know what I mean? Like, does Lincoln mean a ton to you personally? Maybe not because, I mean, he died 150 years ago. But at the same time, his impact is still felt through like our politicians now and how our country's fabric is put together. And I think that the shadow of Settlers of Catan is long and it casts over a lot of the games we play now. And you should experience it in the same way we memorialize Lincoln, I think. So, um, yeah, that makes sense, right? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't have regular Settlers. I just have Star Trek. That's the version I'd rather play because the pieces are a little cooler. But, yeah, it's the same game. It just Star Trek gives you a little player power that you can use throughout the game, but everything else looks the same. But yeah, it's a decent game. I don't play it that much, but I have it in my collection just because I feel like I should. Star Trek just got reprinted too, I think. So Yeah, it, it did. Yeah. It looks way better than regular one, I would say too. I like it better, yeah. I, I think the theme fits it a little better, actually. The the space theme seems to make a little more sense than that than the original theme. Just my opinion. And I really like Star Trek, so yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. But you can't say, I've got wood for sheep. <laughs> mm. That's true. Or just say wood and then all the jokes and mm. ensue for an hour. I'll yeah. give you wood, Jason. <laughs> got your wood right here, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. The, tra- the, the train of explicit shows just continues on and on. <laughs> yep. T- Tim, uh. Tim and Tim are two Tims that are fans and other Joel, Mike, uh, Richard. Shout back to Richard. Scott. All, all the core fans, uh, we're real sorry about this show. <laughs> like, we'll do better next week, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll try. Uh, the, the last game I want to talk about is a little card game from AEG. It's in a little small box line of, like, Valley of Kings. Um, I think Love Letter was in the line for a while before they put it in the bag. And this game is called My Star. And what this game is, it's a just a little card game. Each player is going to be uh, have a player power, which is also a geisha so everybody's going to take the role of a geisha and each of these three these geishas have three different colors of skills that they're good at like serving tea intelligence and reputation i can't remember what what the serving one is but and you're trying to get these guests these cards into your i don't know your house as guests or you're going to use them to advertise to make one of your three skills better so you can get better cards to come to your place as guests you're going to play over a series of rounds and whoever has the most points at the end of the game is the, is the winner. It's kind of a little mean because there are cards that you can directly attack somebody and steal some of their guests or make them discard some of their advertisements. So it, it's a little mean for my liking, but it's only 20 minutes, so I can overlook that. So if you are if you like little card games where you're just playing cards down in front of you and maybe screwing your opponent over occasionally, I'd say go check this out. It's usually pretty cheap because it's a little tiny box of cards. So that is my star. Oh boy. I don't want to admit this last one I played, Jason. I Bye. played a game from three minute board games called um in Fluffy Entertainment called Furry Girl. It's uh <laughs> nineteen high quality levels and three fun modes and two unique designs and a lot of hot girls, hot furry girls, weird pervert smile. I'm reading verbatim on an email that we got unsolicited to review oh. a game called Furry Girl. Um and we did take a pass on this one because it's a video game partially, but also like, Oh man, that was quite the email we got. <laughs> I didn't even look at it. Cause I was like, what is this? Uh, you, you should <laughs> click on the link. 
And then and then tell Katie you're sorry for clicking on the link and get right with the Lord. Um, I feel so dirty right now. <laughs> the game has full censorship, so there should be no smi- no problems. Smile. I hope you're interested in the game, heart. <laughs> oh man, we get some real dogs of offers. Like that's when I knew we arrived. When this and then another guy who like has a very very much stock photo for his like picture was like, hello. You board game mechanic, do the video review, right? We need a dress to send you game. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> you know what I'm talking yep. about too on that one. Yeah. So that, yep. but Jason did give him his address. So that was cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he tried to get me to give him a million dollars. Pray for Jason. Um, <laughs> so anyway, this episode brought to you by Simply Safe, the, the official <laughs> alarm system of Jason and the board game mechanics. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, we get some funny stuff happening in behind the scenes here, um, including Furry Girl, which I did not play. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still okay. I'm, I'm set aside for your love, my wife, my beautiful wife. If you it just happened to listen to this episode or I don't know that nah, you're not going to listen. It's fine. Um, I still didn't play it because it may be nauseous to think about it. Um, anyway, <laughs> just think of all the guys with wrist brace playing this game. I don't know. Just. Oh, now it's definitely explicit. Well, I mean, because they have carpal tunnel from playing video games 18 hours a day. That's where yeah, I was I'm going sure. with that. But I'm I mean, sure. I'm sure. That's where I was going with that, Jason. But geez, man. Wow. <laughs> Whew, Jason. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh. I was just thinking of the guy on uh, that episode of South Park where they're playing, uh, what is it, World of Warcraft, Warcraft, and the guy's like, yeah, he. They're like, oh my, he must have no life at all, like because the guy leveled up so fast. Okay, so this is one that, like, you know, when you play ping pong, you need your partner to be able to hit the ball back. And Jason apparently hasn't watched South Park much. So anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> I have, but it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So I'll play ping pong with myself, I guess. Um, my last, <laughs> my last game I played. Uh, what did I even say that I on this list? Uh, let me look. Uh, oh, Baron Park, and I have this for it. It's good for a Tetris knockoff. Um, I don't know. It's fine. As far as laying down like those shapes, those tetrominoes or whatever you want to call them. Um, there's Polyominoes. Yeah, there you go. Um, for games where you lay those down and like are trying to like fill up space efficiently, it does a good job with it. It's pretty cool in that regard. I like how you really are kind of building a zoo, like a little bear park, but it's not my cup of tea. If I had to play one of those games like between this and like uh, – Autumn Garden Summer Fever Patchwork Patchwork Express. I don't know what it's called. That um, all the Uwe Rosenberg games that are rolled into one. Um, I would rather play this probably than any of those. So um, that's just my opinion. Uh, I know people love these games, and to you, I say cool. Go ahead. I know one person who hates these games is your wife. She will never play one of these games ever. I don't think so. That that is true. It's just funny. She's a really smart person. But she has no ability to like manipulate shapes inside of her mind in an abstract way. It seems so. Um, nope. Like she has a hard time with like games that aren't even like really like spatial games because it's so bad for her. So that's kind of funny. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, we played one game where it's just all squares, and <laughs> there there were still problems. Yeah, yeah that's pretty. I, that's pretty funny <laughs> to me. I mean, like probably not to her because she <laughs> she really wants to play tic tac toe and doesn't know. I, <laughs> Oh man, I may have to edit all this out or I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah, you know you won't. Um <laughs> You're right. 
<laughs> no, I mean, like, seriously, uh, she, she'll tell you. She'll probably tell you on the group if you would bother to join over there. Um, she's pretty awesome, a good person, and I really like her. And this is no judgment about her as a person, but, like, there's definitely plenty of people who can't manipulate shapes and think abstractly like that. And, like, it's a, one of the many intelligences out there. So I don't like it. Like, I don't think it's that great. But some people, I guess, like, there's, like, you know that movie Unbreakable? Where, like, there's, like, a yin and a yang in the universe. Like, there's probably someone who, like, that's the only thing they can do is manipulate shapes. And they probably love these games. So Right. Yeah, probably. To, and to them, cool. I mean, like, keep your shapes off my cubes. So, whatever. <laughs> no, yeah. Baron Parks is cool. One is you're going to find, honestly. And it's Phil Walker Harding, I think, is who designed this one. Yep. Um, and I don't remember the other game I like of his, but there's another game of his I like. So Archaeology, the new expedition, and Gizmos. Gizmos. There it is. Uh, I like it. Okay. Um, Traded my copy. You're welcome, Jason. Em- yeah, Emotep is him too, I believe. Oh, Emotep. That's another one that I don't care for. Um, yeah, I like that one. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine for a little abstract game. All um, his games are really light. That's my only issue with him. He does yeah. a bunch of really light games. Yeah, and this one's not much different. I mean, it's probably his heaviest game, but it's still super light. I mean, so whatever. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's all good. All right, so I guess that's about it. This is, I mean... Probably officially our worst episode ever, so that's cool. At least it was short. <laughs> that's true. Well, a little bit shorter. It's still not super short. I'm hoping you edited out about 12 minutes of this guy. <laughs> you know I won't. I know you won't. <laughs> hey, if you made it to this point, like seriously, um, the real password, like the real, real password is, um, I don't know, Phil Walker Harding has Uve's number, and I'll bring you like a piece of paper with the board game mechanics word written on it and <laughs> some tape so you can tape it on your shirt i don't know oh man you deserve to be a super fan yep agreed wow what a dumb episode next week we're back i promise it'll be better <laughs> yeah let's just let's just nip this one in the bud right now bye keep gaming in spite of us trying to discourage you from gaming <laughs> yep keep gaming not even pretty okay <laughs> see ya